Today we're arriving at Jesus' famous parable of the sower. And it's ironic because it's, it's not so much about a sower, it's more about the soil. The sower is the father, the seed is the son, the word of life, the word of God. And we as the soil today are being called to open up and receive the word and have life. And what Jesus does today is he compares our hearts to four different types of soil. And he's going to kind of get a magnifying glass and he's going to kind of look around and dig around and get his hands dirty in order to reveal to you what kind of soil you are. And it's really important today that you hear with a soft heart, with an open heart, in an open mind, because as we, as we continue on in these parables, Jesus is going to call us to some really hard things. And if your heart is not softened to receive his word, well, you'll reject. You won't swallow up what he says. And you're going to lose life by doing that. So today... Our goal is to become really healthy and rich soil that's craving the seed to come into us so that life might sprout out of us. Luke 8, we're going to read verses 4 through 8 and then 11 through 15. We don't have any words on the screen. If you've got your Bible, you could take them out. You could grab your phones. Sorry, the screen's just, we couldn't get them working today. So do the best you can. Luke 8, verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow a seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jumping to verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received it with joy. But these have no root. They believed for a little while and in time of testing fell away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. First point, the kingdom of hearers. The seed is good news. Good news about the king. Good news about the kingdom. Good news of Christ. 
this seed holds within it the very power of life. At creation, God spoke. And everything sparked into existence. And in this seed is the power to renew all things. But in order for that to happen, the soil must receive the seed. And within the soil of your heart, the soil is really your heart, there's minerals and there's nutrients. And those minerals and nutrients are like moving around, being stirred up, longing, wanting, craving, desiring a seed to fall into that soil so that life might come out of it. All the potential for heaven, for new creation is there being mixed around in this holy concoction that will make all things new. Earthly kingdoms grow by force, selfish ambition, pride, manipulation, behavior modification. The kingdom of heaven simply comes when those who have ears to hear, hear. Swords don't bring heaven. Fists do not bring heaven. Words bring heaven, but those words must be heard. The heralds of heaven are useless without soil that's ready to receive the seeds. That means you can have the greatest preacher there has ever been preaching the greatest sermon that there has ever been, but the kingdom of God will not come if those seeds of truth are not heard and received. Amazing things happen, not with amazing preachers, but with healthy and rich hearers. I'd much rather have a horrible sermon with a bunch of hearers than an amazing sermon with no hearers at all. And this seed or this word of life, it's very easy to reject. And the reason it's easy to re reject is because it comes with a high cost. Now, we all know or have heard Christianity is absolutely a free gift. But with that gift comes tons and tons of responsibility. It comes a new calling. So there's a cost behind it. You're leaving earthly things behind for heavenly things. So it's easy to reject. It overwhelms those who aren't ready to hear. Jesus, he tells the rich young ruler, you want life? You want the eternal life, the kingdom of God? It's simple. Sell everything that you have. Take your money and give it to the poor and follow me. And he can't do it. You have to have ears to hear. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But if you're going to follow me, you're going to be homeless. You will be in exile on this earth. He says, die to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Lose yourself, and you'll find yourself. It's very costly. You can imagine Jesus meeting one-on-one -on -one with someone before they're like, I think I'm ready to join a church. Normally, a church would say, hey, if you could come like three out of four Sundays a month, that would be absolutely amazing. If you could give 
oh, man, you'd really be helping us out. If you could serve, like, once a month doing something, man, you'd be, like, you are a good Christian. And Jesus says, entry into my church. Die to yourself. Give away everything that you have. Be homeless and find a cross and carry it. Welcome to the family of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The gift of the seed is so good that it's worth the cost. And good soil knows that. Good soil craves it. Good soil prepares itself for whatever it's going to take to receive the seed. Every good farmer knows everything's about the soil. Good soil makes for good food. There's a a little bit of a problem we have today is all of the good soil is being used up. We're not giving the land a rest. Good soil happens when animals, when their manure drops to the ground, and then they stomp it all up. It's a nasty business making good soil. And over time, there's oak trees that are dropping nutrients to the ground, and all of it's getting stirred up, and the nutrients and the minerals begin to crave a seed that will sprout up life, looking for the seed, desperate. It's like the ground is crying out for the seed of the word of life. That's what's happening in our hearts or should be. And then finally, the seed drops into the good soil, life. The power of creation in the dirt, bringing life all over again. Is the soil of your heart rich? Are you stirred up like every Sunday craving Christ? Give me more. Are you just desperate to get to your discipleship group? Because you know that's going to be the place where you're just... The word of God is just deposited in and life is bursting forth again. As your morning time, you're just craving the word of God. I know you're just like sinking in your seat right now. It's okay. We're going to stir you up. So here's the four types of soil. The first is seeds that are on a path. This type of soil, it's a hard path, and it's impenetrable. Back then, in this region, if someone was farming, there were plots of land. And around each plot, depending on who, you know, they're divided by these paths, and the paths the farmers would walk on. And as the farmers were walking these paths, they'd take the seed, and they'd throw it into the good soil. But as they threw the seed into the good soil, a lot of it would fall all over the place. Some on this hard path. Next would be some, some rocky ground. And the reason that there was rocky ground is because there wasn't rain all year round. And so they would trap the moisture in by putting rocks around that plot. And then right beyond the rocks would be the thorny growth and then the good soil. So the seeds would fall into all of these places. And if it is on the hard path, It's saying that these seeds get trampled on the feet of the farmers. They get picked up by the birds of the air. And then Jesus explains that Satan is like these birds, taking the seeds away. Now, I want you to notice something. The devil only gets access to those seeds because the seeds have not been swallowed up by the soil. 
So there's a problem of why it's happening. So we think about this, this hard path as hearing with the intellect alone. There's contact with the word of God, the word of life, but it never gets deep in the heart. Or, like, Christianity is, is useful. So you study it. It's practical. It's produced flourishing societies. We should follow Christianity because of its usefulness. The problem is when something else more useful in your mind comes around, you exchange Christianity for something else. And I am convinced, rationally speaking, Christianity makes the most sense out of any belief system you can conjure up in your mind or your heart. I'm convinced that Christianity is the most useful religion or spiritual practice there is. Look at what it produces. However, no matter how good of a reason for faith I can make, still it can and will be denied. Because the will is set against the cost that comes with Christianity. The will set against it. And the emotions, you know, emotions get a bad rap, but that shouldn't be the case. Emotions are defined as an instinctual state of mind. It's like the first reaction you have. So, like, this is why the Bible says, watch your mouth. Like, hold your tongue. Because deep in your heart, there's all these instinctual things that are not healthy. So if you don't catch them before they come out, You can't deal with them, so catch them because there's something wrong in your heart and then think about it for a while and then say something. And what's going on there is you're you're catching all the things in your heart that are impure before they get out. So hold your tongue. And that's why the Bible says something like that. And so when you think of the heart, you think of the mind, the will, and the emotions, all of these things connected. So let me just help make this make sense to you practically. Do you have this instinct in you to worship God all the time? Just ready. Is there this instinct in you to just obey? You're ready for it. What do I do to obey you, God? Do you get the thrill of knowing the king? Do you get the thrill of seeing his kingdom come? Does it thrill you when you hear the Bible say, bring the kingdom of God? When you hear that command, does it thrill you? You say, well, what does that even mean? Like, how do I be thrilled by that? Well, to describe the thrill that comes from knowing God is about as easy to describe to a blind man what a sunset looks like. What a blue sky looks like. What a flower opening up on the morning sunrise looks like. It's impossible. To describe that thrill is about as easy as describing the sounds of Bach and Beethoven to someone who's deaf. But when you receive the word of God, like Christ, into the soil of your heart, Your imagination becomes baptized 
and you can begin to see the realities of the kingdom and the king. It makes you excited. It gives you a thrill. Because you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Someone says, oh, David, you think you know God? I do. All right, what, what's he like? He's God. Well, that doesn't help me. Okay. He's three persons in one. No? Okay. He has always been and always will be, and in all times and in all moments, he is existing there, present, and alive in those moments all simultaneously. No? Okay. He can't be killed, but he was murdered. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right. That's seeds on the path. Next, seeds on the rock. Now, this soil, it has seeds that are sitting on a stony heart. But that heart has a soft surface. So the seed gets buried in just a little bit. But it never takes root. And so when the heat comes, that seed dies. But there is some quick growth. Do you know why there's quick growth? Because when a seed falls on a situation like that, where there's a soft surface but a hard interior, like an impenetrable heart, the roots have nowhere to go. So everything goes up. So there's actually really quick growth for this person. And they look really joyful all at once. It's like, they took the drugs of Christianity and they're getting it all at once right at the same time. And then it's just gone. I think that's Jesus calling. The heat comes and dries it all up because the roots could not get deep. When you're talking about real Christian growth, you're talking about slow growth because the very first thing that the seed begins to do is to take root. And the deeper the roots go, the more joy there is on the surface. If you're a Christian, that does not mean you will not have sorrow. It means deep down there's a type of joy that fights against the sorrow that's coming at you. Joy always fights back. Joy always lives and breathes. And life will not stop no matter what the sorrow is around you. Because the roots have gone deep. I've seen this a lot. Someone declares themselves a Christian. And they're like, you know that saying, I'm fire. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, like I get it. But like, give it some time. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Because when difficulties come, the heat comes. It's a test to reveal what's really going on. It's a testing of the heart. And it's at this moment that this Christian must decide, will they soften their heart to the word of God, to Christ? A lot of times the question becomes, how could God do this to me. 
I've asked the question. God, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to my family? Do you not see what we're doing for you? We're trying to start a church, God. Do you see what we're doing? He who has ears to hear asks that question and then hears the answer from God, which is, oh, you, my beloved son or daughter, you have no idea what I'm up to. You know that a fire that's started on purpose over the crop is meant there to nourish the crop? The heat is the test. The question in the end can't be, does God allow suffering? You've got to go deeper. There's more important questions to be asking. You say, God, when trials are coming, what is the growth that you're doing right now? Because you've promised me you're going to grow me through trials. So what's happening right now? Where do I need to grow? What do I need to change in my life? And get laser focused on how you need to change. The trial is revealing there's an issue or a problem. And it might not even be doing, you doing something wrong. It's just God's time to say to you, it's ready to get it's ready to get big. It's ready to get, you're ready to get tall. You're ready to grow. You're ready to flourish. You're ready to become more alive. The other, I don't know if it's a question. Yeah, it is. God, how are you this good? Because for all of eternity, the Christian will be looking upon its king on his throne with scars. Scars that cut him to the core. Pain, suffering, trials to bring about the greatest good the world has ever known. And you'll never forget it because your king will bear those scars for all of eternity. God, how are you that good? See, start with a question. It's fine. God, how do you let this happen to me? Keep asking questions. Keep getting deeper. Let the, let the difficulties cause you to say, it's time for me to go all in. It's time for me to soften my heart. It's time to allow me to let Christ break me open and get deeper roots into me. Going all in. Let me just say this. If you're, if you're on the verge of writing off Christianity because of suffering, it very well might be that the things you really worship are dying in the heat. The things you really worship are dying in the heat. It could very well be that the only reason you became a Christian is because you used God as a tool to give you something that you wanted more than him. It's time right now, in this moment, to say, I'm all in. Break me open. Take root. I'm done with what I've been doing, and I'm ready to go all in. It's a crossroads. And you've got to take hold of him who is life and let go of everything that's dying. 
because it cannot sustain you. Next, soil. This soil brings lasting life, but the thorns of temptation surround and choke out this whatever that's growing up, and the fruit never matures. There's a little bit of difficulty. So the first two, these are not Christians. This third, the question is, are we on Christian soil here? And I'm going to make the conclusion that, yes, this is Christian soil because it talks about fruit. Though the fruit never matures, there is some fruit. But this is the type of Christian that's absolutely miserable. And I'm going to make the conclusion that this is most Christians in America today. Why are they miserable? Because their hearts are divided. They have roots. They're sticking around. But the fruit never matures because they're being choked out by the thorn bushes of cares, riches, and pleasures in this life, divided between two worlds. Why would a divided heart make someone miserable? Well, the Christian knows they should leave the world behind, but they can't do it. So they're divided. They're being pulled in two directions, and it's painful, and it hurts them. The heaven in them is causing them to hate the hell that's in them. Jekyll and Hyde, two worlds at war within you. Perhaps like some Romans 7 type stuff that makes you say, oh, wretched man that I am. The three things, the pleasures of life, the cares of the world, and riches. Pleasure, pleasures in life. Pleasures are good. Pleasures are pleasures. But pleasure in something good enjoyed in the wrong way is bad. Pleasure in something that belongs here that's elevated to something that's an ultimate pleasure, it's bad. But So, sexual sin. If you have sexual sin and you are a Christian, it's going to make you miserable. It has never been easier in history to indulge in sexual sin as it is today. So the Christian will be miserable. Riches. Get swept up with money. This is what happened with the rich young ruler. Jesus' life, it's right here. Follow me. Take a hold of it. And he couldn't because he's holding on to his money. But then you imagine him saying, okay, I'm going to try to follow you. So he starts trying to follow, but he's holding on to all this money. He's dragging it with him. And Jesus is way off. And he's not walking fast. Jesus is patient. He's walking slow. He's getting tired, this rich man. Too much money's dragging him down. Just let go of it and flourish. But he's miserable because he's holding on to two things at the same time. Cares of life, anxiety, caught up in fear. This is the third one. Clinging to things in this world and so terrified you're going to lose them will cause a fair bit of anxiety in your life. Maybe crippling anxiety. You surely don't look alive. You surely don't look like you're bearing fruit. So much fear in your life because everything that you have, you're holding on to it so tight. This is people, this is things, this is ideologies, this is, this is everything that's not Christianity, that's not Christ, that you're holding on to as if it is Christ. 
free. Just let go of it. And I'm not saying let go and let God. I mean, it's so cliche, but sure, let go and let God. Every sin is a thorn of poison that sticks into your heart and makes you sick and miserable. Stop playing with the sin that Christ died for. I say that to me as much as you. It's time to have an undivided heart, to be single-minded towards Christ. I mean, single-minded, like laser-focused. Aren't you tired of being a wishy-washy Christian if you are a Christian? I know you are. You have to be. You're a Christian. You're a new creation. It's driving you crazy that you're being wishy-washy. I'm tired of it. Gosh, if we could just stop and just follow him, run after him. Christ wants you to mature and bear fruit. What would happen if we were all good soil? This is our next point. Seeds and good soil. There's a stop sign in our city. And in the middle, well, there's a pole, you know, because the stop sign's not floating in the air. So this pole is, uh, it's like shooting up eight feet tall. And in the middle of this pole is like a bush or a tree or something that you cannot see until it sprouts up out of the top of this pole. And it's blooming. It's, it's so cool. And it's like there's life. It's a testimony of the power of the seed, even in good soil. And that soil is like determined, and the seed is determined for life, and nothing can crowd out life. And so it fights its way to the surface and then blooms. When the world around you, pleasures, riches, cares, anxieties, try to suffocate you, Crowd you out. Be like that bush sprouting out from the top of that stop sign. That's cool. Fly so high that the thorns cannot touch you. Just move into the good soil. Like Eileen was talking about earlier, like the rock thing or the concrete. Like if something is in good soil, it will break the rock. It will break the stone. I just thought of something. C.S. Lewis in Chronicles of Narnia, like Christ is on the stone and it cracks. Oh man, it's like the roots, like breaking open, bringing life. Christ is saying to every single one of us right now, tend to your heart. Get the soil healthy. And then bury the word as deep as you can get it and grow. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Everything about this parable is the soil. If there's something wrong in your life, it's not the seed. It's the soil. If you are lacking joy, It's not the seed, it's the soil. Yes, there are environments that make joy much 
more difficult? Or does it make it more difficult? Or actually, is it just another way for you to get deeper roots and have more joy and grow in joy until your joy overwhelms the sorrowful environment that you're in? That's what it seems to be saying. It's all about the soil getting healthy. Don't blame the seed anymore. Just, and that's good news because you know what it means? It means you could do something. Like you don't just sit here and wait. I mean, you wait. You be patient. But you're patiently making the soil healthier, richer. And then you start craving the seed. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the seed. Jesus, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. The word of God, I'm ready. And then, you know what? You start waking up and you want to read the word. So if you're not waking up in the morning and not wanting to read, there's something wrong with the soil. Get the soil healthier. If you're not wanting to come to church on Sunday and just like, you're just, I just want to hear more about the seed. You got to get the soil right. Because healthy soil craves a seed. What would it look like if we as a church were fully alive bearing fruit? We would be a church that's unstoppable, and it would not look sexy at all. It would be very slow growth, a long obedience in the same direction, single-minded towards Christ. No, it would not be sexy. But over time, you'd find a garden city on a hill that's beginning to flourish and bloom. And then it will become beautifully intoxicating because it's bearing life. 100-fold. So how do you get into the good soil? How do you move from the path through the rocks, over the thorn bushes, and into the good soil? There's only one thing for you to do. Well, two. Let's say two. You are to receive the seed, and you let the Father, who is the sower, tend to you. Let him get your hands dirty. Stop slapping his hand away. Just give him yourself. Like, God, I'm too dirty. I'm not ready for you to get into my life right now. Okay, well, you're going to be the way you always have been then. Because he's the gardener, he's the tender, he's the farmer. So give him you. Like, dirt stays dirty. That's where he does his best work. So just stop slapping his hand away. And let him move you off the path that you are on, through the rockiness, through the thorns, and right into the good soil. And you give him your heart because you can trust him. Do you know how I know you can trust him? Because he took the thorns from you and he wore them upon his head when he died. Because he took the rocks away from you and he was buried behind them in a grave. And he took your hard, impenetrable heart and he broke it open. And there, as the seed of life, he entered into it and died. And he entered into the earth and he died. 
and he entered into hell and he died and he enters into death and he died. And there, inside of death, inside of you, the very power of creation sparked again. And inside of you and in this world, life bursts forth. It's happening now, and one day it will happen fully. So, receive the word and bear fruit. And change the world around you 100-fold. Because the power is in you to do that. It's the power of life. That's your calling. Live into it. Let's pray. Father, soften us. Break us. Break our stubborn hearts open. And Jesus, we pray that you would be, oh gosh, I'm scared to pray this, but Jesus, we pray that you would be relentless in pursuing us and breaking our hearts open so you would take root in us. Don't let up. Claim us. Make us good soil. Fight for us and fight us when you need to, when we need you to. Don't let up and put in us the responsibility and the desire to make our soil good and rich, ready to receive life. So we might swallow up your word. So we might be transformed. So we might be made new again. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. Like us on your favorite podcast provider. Follow our social media at Grove Church PSL. And check out our website, thegrovechurch.co.